We're picking up on Dav Kafhei Amud Bet at the two dots, a bunch of lines down there. It says as follows: The mission that said Vimamar he frashti letochag rifid kodesh neeman. We said that if the Am Haaret said um, that he separated um, into this or put into this barrel a quarter log or a log of kodesh, so he's believed, meaning um, it's considered to be tahor. Since we believe them about Kodesh, so then we believe about the whole thing because he wouldn't, um, he wouldn't uh, ruin the Kodesh. So Tanan Hatam, it, we learned in a Mishnah over there, this Masachat Oholot as follows. Modin Beit Shammai Beit Hillel Shabot Kin Laosei Pesach Vain Bot Kin Laochli Truma. So both Beit Shammai Hillel agree that we are Bodek, we examine for those who are going to perform the Korban Pesach, but we don't examine for those who are going to eat Truma. What does that mean? Gemara says, my botkin. What does this mean that we examine? So Amr Avi Dilmar Shmuel, Avi Dilkudin Shmuel said, Minapeach Adam Betapras Beholech. Means a person is allowed to blow in a Betapras, we'll explain these terms, and continue to walk through. What do we mean by this? So, we explain this as A Betapras is a place, it's a field, where there was a grave that was plowed through, and the Chachamim were concerned that there would be pieces of bone uh, around. That could render a person to be tamei, and therefore we basically assumed if you walked through the beit habras, you would be tamei. But what if you want to go to perform the korban pesach? So if you want to do that, there was a method. What you could do is you could blow on the ground, meaning to blow away the dirt. Imagine like a like a layer of dirt. If you blow away the dirt, and you can verify that there's no pieces of bone there, then you can walk through the field, and we consider you to be uh, tahor. Okay, but we would say that would be true only for uh, going to perform the Korban Pesach, but not for somebody who wants to maintain their level of tahara for eating truma. So that was the first opinion of what Bodkim means, blowing the Beit HaPras. Rabbi Chiyobar Abba Mishmei De'ulamar, Beit HaPras Shenidash, Tahor Lose Pesach, Loha Midu Divrahem B'makom Kari. So he says, uh, what it means is Bodkim, is it means that the Beit HaPras that was trampled through so meaning people had enough people sort of like trampled like a path through the field. So that's considered to be Tahor. Okay, we assume that there's sort of no more pieces of bone, at least on the path or whatever it is. So again, for the purpose of going to um, bring the Korban Pesach, you're considered to be Tahor. But if you walk through and you're, your issue is it's about Truma, so we're not going to consider you to be Tahor when it comes to Truma. What's the reason they were, they were more lenient when it comes to the Korban Pesach, again, they didn't want to uphold their own words, the rabbinic concern that you be, uh, you may be a Tamei because of the case of a Karit, which would be what you would get if you don't bring the Korban Pesach. When it comes to eating Truma, or for those who eat Truma, they upheld their words in a situation where the concern is that you would um, deserve the death penalty for eating Truma in a state of Tumah. Okay, so that's sort of how the the, uh, the calculation goes. Yeah, the Gemara says, They ask the following question. This is all a setup for the following thing based on our Mishnah. If you made, if you did the examination for the Korban Pesach already, so then what's the Halacha with regard to then eating Truma? Are you considered to be Tahor for eating Truma or not? We say you are considered to be Tahor for the eating Korban Pesach, but how about the same for Juma? So Ula says, yeah, once you've sort of gone through that process and examined the, the field for the Korban Pesach, then if you go through it, you're also allowed to be, uh, to consume Truma. Rabba Ula Amar, 
Rather, the son of Ula said, You would not be allowed to. So Amaleh, so a certain elder, said to Rabbi Barula, Ula, Do not argue on Ula. Why? Because we have a Mishnah just like him. Okay, and this is our Mishnah. Right, it says, if a guy says, I had separated into this barrel or whatever, a revi'it of Kodesh, he's believed. Alma, we can infer from there, right, once, your, once this Amaharis is believed when it comes to Kodesh, so then by nature, he's also going to be believed when it comes to the Truma because he is doing the same thing. So here too, So here too, once he's believed for the Korban Pesach purposes, he's also believed when it comes to Truman purposes. Meaning that the question here is sort of like, do we divide up this sense of Ne'emanut when it comes to Tahara separately based on the different type of activities you want to engage in? Or do we say sort of, no, the same person can't be viewed as both Tameh and Tahor for different purposes? So just like we said in our Mishnah, this barrel, it either is Tameh or it's Tahor. We can't say, well, it's Tahor when it comes to this and Tameh when it comes to that. So the fact that we... Um, the fact that we say that you know we believe this uh, that, that the whole barrel is tahor because of the of the element of uh, kodesh that's in there, so it's same with apply Ula says to the person himself. Okay, moving along, the Mishnah said so the jugs of wine and jugs of oil that were like uh, mixed together. So uh, we believe the Am Ha'aris when it comes to the uh, the time of the uh, the Gat and the and the and the uh, the Beit Habad, right? The uh, the wine press and the olive press. So Tana, we learned in the uh, Brayta, they're not believed for jugs nor for uh, truma. So truma we know about, but the Gemara asks, kankanim demai, what what type of jugs or flasks? E kankanim de kodesh, if it's kankanim that contain uh, kodesh food, well migud mehemen a kodesh mehemenam kankanim. Once that you know, since we're believed for uh, kodesh, he's also going to be believed for the flasks that are containing them. Ella rather must be kankanim de truma. So it must be flask of truma. But again, pshita, this should also be obvious. Hashta truma lo mehemen, a kankanim mehemen. Right now, he's not believed for truma itself. He's going to be, he's going to be believed for the kankanim. I mean, this guy won't even treat the truma itself with enough you know, uh, uh, care to make sure it remains tahor. So he's going to treat the, the, the containers of the truma? That's hard to believe. Ella rather, the Gemara says, Rather, what we're talking about are empty flasks that are meant to be used for Kodesh during the rest of the year. Okay? Um, so the idea is that the uh, we believe that the Amharis will treat Kodesh with the requisite care, but we don't believe that he'll treat the flasks that way. And the full ones of Truma at the time of the Gath, right? The time of the Gath when people, when the Amiyars are believed in the Truma itself, but again, not for the Kankanim. Okay, Tani, Tanan, excuse me, Kadi Yain Bechadi Shemin to also said in the Mishnah that, but you have uh, um, jugs of wine and oil that are Miduma mingled together, mixed together. So we said that we believe the Amhayaris during those times, the, you know, the, the Beit Abad and the Gat, and also 70, 70 days before. So my love, Miduma'ot de Truma. So aren't we talking about the mixed items of Truma? I mean, you have Truma oil or wine in that jug, along with other things. Um, and it seems that we believe them. So that uh, that seems to be difficult because we just said we don't believe the Amhayaris when it comes to the jugs. So that we, right, that's what we just said, we don't, about the Kankanim, we don't believe them. So, um, 
What's the deal? So Amr the Bey Rabbi Chia midu ma'ot to Kodesh. So the Bey Rabbi Chia said, the Bey Midrash Rabbi Chia, they said, no, midu ma'ot to Kodesh, it must be mixed items of uh, Kodesh, of Kodesh. So they have um, of uh, the Kodesh, uh, uh, excuse me, um, items, right? That the, and uh, wine or oil, whatever it is. And that's what, uh, and that's what we're saying there. Okay. Um, Okay, so Gemara says, Umi ika di kodesh. But that's very strange a little bit because it's saying if, it, if the Midumaot is referring to the, the amount of like this like Kodesh stuff mixed in there, is that really called Dimua? Meaning the term Dimua, Miduma, if you look around, right, in Shas and Mishnayot, it's, it really refers to Truma. It's not really something we say about Kodesh. It's a case, they said in the Beit Midrash Rabbi Eli, it's a case of a person who is mitaheritiv low. He keeps his um, tevel, his untied and un, you know, separated, right, uh, for truma or whatever, produce in a state of tahara, mitaheritiv low, to eventually take from there nisachim, um, you know, libations for the for the Beit HaMikdash. So meaning that there is stuff in there that he intends to use for Kodesh, it's just that the current time is not actually Kodesh. But then for that reason, we believe that he will um, he will uh, take care to make sure it remains Tahor, and that's what it means in that case. So it's a word dimua used in a kind of funny way, but the truth is there's also truma in there, right? Because it's like Kodesh, it's like future Kodesh in there, there's future truma in there, there's a lot of future stuff in there. So that's the, the term dimua can be used because it's still referring to that. Okay, then it says, Kodom Ligitoshe Vimyo, so we had 70 days, I believe, before uh, before the Gat, before the wine press. Amar Abayi Shwaminah, we can learn from here a different halacha, really almost seemingly unrelated, but it's about this basic idea about, you know, well, who's in charge here. Dina, or I shouldn't say who's in charge, like who's responsible. Dina hu di'ilave arisa lomitrach agulfe shivim yomi mikami matzarta. So he says, you can learn from here that the halacha is that an arisa, a tenant farmer, Right, like a sharecropper is responsible to uh, to work hard to make the effort uh, to get the flasks seventy days before the wine press. Mm-hmm. Meaning, there's like almost like a it's like a uh, uh, from this halacha about the fact that we believe that the people are taking care, the amirs are taking care to make sure that the, uh, the the items remain tahor seventy days before the wine press. So you see from there whose financial responsibility is it to get the flasks and things like that. And we'll see, we see it. Oh, it's a sharecropper himself because he's the one that's being, he's getting involved with the, uh, with the harvest and all these different things and ultimately the press. So you see there's a financial obligation there as well. So it's interesting you see sort of like the link sometimes between the laws of Tumah and Tara on the one hand and how that transfers to teaching us a halacha about simple like monetary law. Okay, good. Let's take. Let's go to the next mission. The new mission says, Okay, so we're talking here about um, um, the the people who are going to provide the pots, like the clay cheres, the earthenware vessels. And this is going to include certainly Ami Ha'aret. They're close enough to Yerushalayim, Modi'im, right? They're, so they're going to be. There's a, so the, we learned that's 15 mil from Yerushalayim, right? So they are they are responsible essentially for providing all this these items. So at a certain point, we have to say the items are going to be tahor because they have to be able to be provided for the 
uh, the people who would buy them to use them in Yerushalayim. Now, again, just to remind ourselves, this isn't saying that if we know someone is doing something wrong, we're still going to declare them to be Tahor. What we're saying is that the 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 default case, where we assume that they're doing things properly, and then sometimes the Chazat and the Rabbanel will say, look, basically we're not going to impose some of our normal stringencies because we have to create a reality where people are able to have pots you know, and jugs and things like that for their wine and oil and all those different things. So it says, So from Modim inwards, towards Yerushalayim, They are believed about um, earthenware vessels, that, okay, that they are Tahor. But from Modim outwards, further away from Yerushalayim, they're not believed. Ketzad. What's the case there? Hakadarshu mocher kedero to the potter who sells pots nichnas lifnim in a modiim. If he comes inside, like within modiim, okay, presumably from the outside, who hakadar behena kedero behena lochim neeman. That so he, the potter, they, the pots, and they, the purchasers, are all uh, believed. Okay, they're all like trustworthy when it comes to keeping it tahor. But yatsa eno neeman. But if he leaves, it, he's not believed. Okay. Or no, no longer considered to be um, uh, credible. Okay. Now the Gemara just said we'll do a little bit in the Gemara here. It says the Gemara says Tana it taught Modiim peamim kelifnim peamim kelechutz. Says sometimes Modiim itself is like inside, and sometimes Modiim itself is like outside. Ketzad how so? Kadar yotzei bechaver nichnas. So let's say that the father is leaving, and the chaver, right? The chaver, right? The person who is. Um, normally trustworthy about Tahara, he's coming in to Modi'im, and I guess they meet inside Kibifnim. That's like being inside, and it's uh, it's good. We believe. Shnehem nichnasim. If they're both coming in, let's turn to Kav Avamalaf here, O Shnehem Yotzin, but they're both coming in, both going out, Kilachutz. It's like outside. Why? The assumption is if they're both coming in, they could have waited till they got in. After both going out, they could have done it before they went out. So, that, so they lose their, their credibility in that case. Okay, we'll stop here and continue Bezrat Hashem um, Tuesday.